This is the Victory Podcast. Every week, we'll share an inspiring message about God's grace and forgiveness for you, wherever you're at in life. Your victory starts now. Let's pray. Lord God, today in a very special way, way that only you can do, pour out your Holy Spirit, not only onto us, but in us. And move us to lead a foolproof life, giving all glory and honor to you. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, Lord God. And we pray this in the powerful and saving name of Jesus. Amen. You know what a mosaic is? A mosaic is a, a pattern or an image made up of regular or irregular size stones or glass or ceramics that come together and form one beautiful design and picture. Often mosaics are part of pavement or, or murals. They were super popular back in the ancient Roman world, but they're still popular today. Not only, again, as a part of pavements or, or murals, but a part of hobbies and crafts, of artwork, and even in construction. A whole lot of pieces coming together to form one beautiful picture. That's really what God has in mind for his church. That all the people would come together and form one beautiful church, one beautiful body of Christ. Today, as Pastor Ben mentioned, we're continuing our series, Full Proof, a study of the book of 1 Corinthians. And for the last handful of chapters, Paul, the author of the letter, has been responding to the Corinthians, answering the questions that they had. And so the, the question that Paul's going to answer for them and for us today is, what should we know about spiritual gifts. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It says, Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I don't want you to be uninformed. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. The word gifts of the Spirit, as Paul's bringing them, lets us know that in fact, yes, there are gifts of the Holy Spirit, okay? And since they're gifts of the Holy Spirit, this is not something that you or I earn or deserve. This is not something that you and I work for and obtain or get. 
This is not something that we're walking along the way and we just happen to get lucky and we find it. This isn't something that we get from uh, the gene pool of our mom and dad or we get from an inheritance from them or an inheritance from a wealthy aunt or uncle. These are gifts given to us by God. Out of love, not arbitrary, purposefully, and strategically given. There are a number of places in Scripture where spiritual gifts are listed out. Among them are Romans 12 and Ephesians 4 and and what we have today in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So if you want to do a little extra homework, you can go check out the list in, in Romans 12 and Ephesians 4. And as you do so and you look at it, you'll see that these lists are not synonymous. There is some lap over, some similarity, but but they're not all the same. What that lets us know is that as we're in 1 Corinthians 12 here this morning, this is going to be some of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So listen up to some of the gifts. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second, prophets, third, teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? So as, as you look at all this, it's a, it's a pretty lengthy list, but not all, again, of the gifts are mentioned. Key for us, one of the first things right off the bat, what do we need to know? What should we know about spiritual gifts? Is this, every believer has at least one spiritual gift, okay? Every believer has at least one spiritual gift. Remember the, the Oprah show, right? And when she would have those gift-giving shows, right? So you look out, you get a gift, you get a gift. You get, the Holy Spirit says to us, every believer, you get a gift, you get a gift, you get a gift. Given in love, given purposefully, strategically, every believer has at least one spiritual gift. Some have more, some have some, whatever it is, but every believer in Jesus, his Lord and Savior, has at least one spiritual gift. 
as we think about that Corinthian congregation and the culture they lived in and, and the culture that, that we live in today? Remember, they were a pre-Christian culture. And that means that Jesus was never at the center of their culture. And we live in a post-Christian culture. And what that means then is that Jesus has been taken out of the center of our culture. And so for both cultures, what's left is individualism. Christ has been removed, and it becomes a very individualistic culture. Here's how we know that we live in an individualistic culture today. Okay? When I was reading through that list of spiritual gifts, maybe not everyone worshiping right now, but most of us were going, where's my gift? Which is the one that talks about me? Where am I at? Because it's all about me. Kind of think of it when you take a picture or pictures taken of you and your family or you and your friends. Typically, the first person we look at in that picture is who? It's ourselves. And if we look good in the picture, then that picture has a chance of being shared, right? But if we don't look good in that picture, oh, no way. No way are we going to share. Kind of same thing when we do selfies, right? How many of us just take one selfie? Right? I, I know a few of you are really good at that, but for most of us, we got to take at least a few. Like with me and the polar bear the other day when I was out on a run, <laughs> right? I, this wasn't the first picture, okay? And, and I know it doesn't look all that good, but I was supposed you know, it's the best one. <laughs> it's the best one, right? And so we, we live in this individualistic culture, which, which is the one that describes me? What is descriptive of me? Here's another way that we can tell that we live in a very individualistic culture is that when all those gifts are being listed, there's like this innate and automatic tension because of the diversity of gifts because we're so used to comparing everyone and everything. We're so used to judging everyone and everything. And so we can look at those gifts and maybe our gifts and, and have pride. I got the best gift. It's cool, right? Or we look around and we go and we covet because we don't have that gift. We want that gift because that's the cool kid gift. Right? Or we look at the gifts and, and, and we just feel really insecure and doubt comes in and we don't know if we have much, if anything, to offer. Again, I want you to know there, there's no reason for pride or, or coveting or insecurity or doubt because these gifts are given to us graciously by God. They're gifts. They're not arbitrary gifts. Again, these things are given on purpose and strategically by our all-wise, all-knowing, all-loving God. Another way that we can tell that we live in an individualistic culture is we look at all those gifts and there's tension there because we got to try and figure out how these things fit together, 
Have you ever said to yourself, man, if people were just like me, we could get along. But there's this tension because there's a variety of gifts. But it doesn't have to be that way. Think about the triune God, the Trinity, right? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Three persons, but not three gods. Three persons, only one God. There's no tension there in the Trinity because there's unity in the Trinity. Jesus prayed, Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. The Trinity is complex, it's creative, it's amazing, it's unified, it's a beautiful mosaic. God wants his church to be the exact same. Complex, creative, amazing, unified, and beautiful. We're all to fit together. So what should we know about spiritual gifts? No one has all the gifts. Now, here's some practical reasons why we don't have all the gifts. If we didn't perceive any weaknesses in ourselves, we wouldn't look to God. We wouldn't trust him and go to him for strength. We would become arrogant. The apostle Paul says, not in 1 Corinthians, but in 2 Corinthians, he says, but he said to me, He's talking about God, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecution, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then... I am strong. You and I, we don't have all the gifts so that we look to God, so that we can trust in him and then truly be strong. Think of it this way. Playing the game of tug of war and you're one of the captains of the team, okay? And and you wanna win, okay? That's key to that too. Captain, tug-of-war team, and you want to win. You can choose either Pastor Ben on your team or me. Who are you going to pick? I'm picking Pastor Ben. (laughs) Right? Not even close. Okay, now think about it. Same scenario. You're the captain, tug-of-war team. You can pick Pastor Ben or you can pick Almighty God on your team. Who are you going to choose? Right? We don't have all the gifts so that we can trust in God and truly be strong with almighty power. That's good. That's good, right? We don't have all the gifts. So we trust in God, get his strength. And because, understand, God uses not just our strengths in ministry, but our weaknesses 
in ministry as well, to serve others. For example, about a little more than 15 years ago or so, I went through a, a horrible time of deep, dark depression. People told me there was hope. I couldn't find it. People said there was light. I didn't see it. And since that time, right, as God brought me through that, if I never help or encourage any other person who's struggling with depression, God has already used that time to help many, many people. Because I know I can ensure them. I can encourage them. When you can't see hope, there's still hope. And when you can't see any light at the end of the tunnel, you can't see light at all, yeah, there, there actually is still light. God uses weaknesses to serve and help other people. Another reason why we don't have all the gifts is so that we can appreciate and value one another. I need you. I need my family. I need our, our ministry team. There are things that you do, things my family does, things our ministry team do that I cannot do. Even when I want to do them, I just can't do that. I'm not gifted that way. But you are. If you've been at Victory for any length of time, you know fairly often I tell you how blessed I am to be here. I appreciate you. I value you as brothers and sisters in Christ and blessings from God. I need you. We need each other. So every believer has at least one spiritual gift. None of us have all the gifts. And Paul continues, now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. The word that is used here in place of gift is manifestation. It's probably not a part of many of our active vocabularies, right? The word manifestation means revealing or appearing. So the spiritual gift that you have is God revealing himself in you to others. Spiritual gift that you have is God revealing himself in you to others. And so wherever you go, whatever you do, when you're using your spiritual gift, God is revealing himself to other people. Your spiritual gift is God working through you. 
So what should we know about spiritual gifts? Your spiritual gift is not for you. It's for others. 1 Corinthians 12 says, There are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it. So that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ. And each one of you is a part of it. Your spiritual gifts are given to you so that you can help others, so that you can serve others, so that you can be a blessing to others. You have a role. You have a a ministry to play. You are essential. There are no throwaway ministries. You play a valuable part in God's ministry because every spiritual gift is meant to bless someone else. God has a purpose for you in life. It is beyond any purpose that you and I can come up with our own, on our own. God has prepared in advance, before you ever thought of anything, God has prepared in advance good works for you to do. And he gives you spiritual gifts to carry out those good works. He's got good works for you to do, and the spiritual gifts are your equipment to be able to carry them out. 1 Peter 4 says, each of you, should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. In my home, we have a a whole lot of lights throughout the house, right? We've got a, a chandelier over the kitchen table and we got a little night light not far away. Spiritual maturity is not based on the size of the gift or the number of gifts that you have. Spiritual maturity is marked by how you use the gifts that you have. Galatians 5 gives us the fruit of the Spirit and it's spiritual maturity, right? The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, 
faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So when you're using your spiritual gifts, you show how spiritually mature you are by the attitude with, you, with which you use your gift. So what should we know about spiritual gifts? Spiritual maturity is not about the gift, but how you use the gift. Spiritual gifts. Have you ever looked at someone and go, how do they do that? You know, that's amazing. Do you ever go to someone and go, how did you know to do that? Or maybe someone's come to you and said, how'd you do that? How'd you know to do that? And, and you don't have an answer. You don't know because you just do it. It's your spiritual gift. As Paul was talking with the Corinthians and he said to him, I, I don't want you to be uninformed about your spiritual gifts. So Pastor Ben and I don't want you to be uninformed about your spiritual gifts. And so I have a homework assignment for you. Uh, I want you to take uh, a spiritual gift analysis. It's gonna take about 30 minutes for some, a little bit less, for some, a little bit more. It is, you can find it at freeshapetest.com. Okay, for those of you worshiping online, you'll see that link in the chat room. And for all of us, if you go to votl.life, it'll be up in the orange banner bar up at the top and you'll be able to click on it. And again, it'll take about 30 minutes or so. Uh, If you want to, there'll be an opportunity at the end of that where you can share it with Pastor Ben or myself. You can send it to our own emails or just to hello at victoryofthelamb.com, okay? Hello at victoryofthelamb.com. And what this will do is this will show you your shape, how God made you, your shape. Your S is spiritual gifts. The H is your heart. Uh, What invigorates you? What do you love to do? What are you passionate about? A, your abilities, your talents, and your skills. Uh, The P is your personality, how you go into relationships. And then E is experiences. What experiences have you had in life that brings you to this point in time? And that will be your shape. And you'll be able to start to see, I think, to a greater degree, God working in your life. Okay? A lot of stuff today. Uh, a whole lot. Keep in mind that your faith as a believer is a spiritual gift. Don't put your faith in your faith. Put your faith in the object of your faith, namely God, namely Jesus. You remember, Jesus is actually the only one who had all the spiritual gifts. 
And remember how Jesus used every single one of his spiritual gifts? He says, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Picture the mosaic of Jesus. God Almighty himself, creator of the universe, the universe is in his hands. And yet he allowed those hands to become tiny little human hands. The mosaic of Jesus. Perfect in every way. Yet he allowed himself to be covered in the blood of our sins. The mosaic of Jesus, dead, yet alive. And he did this all for us out of unconditional love so that we could be more than we could ever be on our own, so that we could be more than we could ever be, and so that we could live eternally. Let's pray. Lord God, you're a gift giver. Every good and perfect gift is from above, from you. Lord, thank you for the gifts you've given us. Help us to trust in you for our strength. Help us to appreciate and and value one another and the gifts that you bring to the table. Lord, help us to serve, serve you and and serve others. And Lord God, keep us unified so that we make a, a beautiful picture for the world to see what a beautiful Savior we have. Pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Victory Podcast, brought to you by Victory of the Lamb in Franklin, Wisconsin. For video sermon archives, more information about us, and to let us know how we can meet you where you're at, go to victoryofthelamb.com.